0: Hello and welcome back to the B-Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kautzer, and we're back with another one shot. Um, Scott is still covering the New York Film Festival 2020 virtual edition, Uh, still needs a little bit of time, so we're giving it to him and uh, we're back uh, to the old days where it was just me talking to you guys and it feels a little weird not having Scott to bounce off of, but we're going to make do. Uh, we're definitely going to make do. Um, what we are talking about, we're changing it up a bit on the B movie podcast. Uh, you know, we usually talk about this whole thing about only movies, and that usually holds true. But uh, since this is a one shot, um, I thought I'd change it up a bit and talk about a book. But this book is very applicable to the B movie podcast, and as you can tell from the uh show notes, uh, we are talking about. The Canon Film Guide Volume 1, 1980 to nineteen eighty four, written by Austin Trunick, and I got to tell you guys, if you guys listen to the B Movie Podcast and you listen to other film podcasts of similar ilk, like um, like Junk Food Cinema or you know, um, uh, Pure Cinema Pod, uh, this book is. A book that you're going to need, not that you're gonna want, but that you're gonna fucking need. Um, so this book is literally just a guide to the canon films. Um, he, I think that um, what I was reading is that there's actually going to be three volumes uh, divided up over the years. Um, the next one is going to cover eighty four to or eighty five to ninety or 89 and then find and then the last one will be 92 94 I think is when the canon group finally disintegrated uh, much to the chagrin of all of us B movie fans but um what uh Trunick does here is he just gives you a breakdown of each of the films he reviews them um, with a great amount of wit and insight, uh, there's some interviews uh, sprinkled in uh, through the fil- uh, the book. The book is um, about 500 pages. It's 34 chapters and covers 40 movies. Um, it's pretty fucking amazing, guys. Like I'm not gonna lie to you, this thing is fucking fantastic. I I slow rolled in it, um, reading, like, a chapter a night, uh, for, like, you know, about the last, um, I'd say about the last month, yeah, maybe, I maybe have squeezed in two chapters, uh, but I was having such fun, um, with... The book in each of the chapters uh, where he discusses a movie and then, you know, he'll have an interview sometimes, like I was saying. And it's just a great it's a it, it's like this in-depth companion piece to um, Electric Boogaloo, the wild untoward story of Canon Films, the Mark Hartley film, which I hope as a B-movie podcast listener, you've actually you've actually watched if you haven't oh got to stop this it's in the show notes click on it buy it on amazon i think it's like 7 bucks I, you will not be disappointed um and um it's kind of like an like a a much more in-depth look at canon films and uh it, it's pretty straightforward he just takes each of the movies that were released in chronological order, with some exceptions, like he makes the exception with like, say, the Death Wish movies uh, and Breaking and Breaking 2, because like they each of them, each of those series are it's critical to talk about them and. <laughs> At the same time, he make he devotes one like ginormous chapter to the Death Wish series, um, and Charles Bronson in particular, uh, and Michael Winters, the the collaboration of these two guys over these these three films: uh, Death Wish Two, Death with Death Wish Three, and then Death Wish Four, uh, and. What I love about the book is that in each of these chapters there's this enthusiasm that uh, Trinic has that just makes you want to go and revisit these films. I mean, I mean, I have to say this fucking guy, he made like he literally made me buy at least I think uh, probably like six different Blu-rays just because of the fact that his his recollections and his reviews of certain specific films just made me want to see them again. Um, and you know, true to uh, true to his writing, I mean, he's like spot on about these films. Especially if you love if you love canon, you love the eighties. I feel like canon in a lot of ways. The canon group and Golan and Globus, they were what people think of the nineteen eighties when it comes to genre films. Um, I like, it's really interesting because I think that before people used to think of like Simpson and Bruckheimer and the Tony Scott, and that's what the ideal, the idealization of the eighties was. But I think like, to me, I feel like when I hear people talk about the eighties and I hear them talk about the movies of the eighties, it's more In line with canon and what Canon produced, and their 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 oeuvre, their filmography is literally just like the most eighties of eighties films of all time. I mean, they fucking produced Cobra. I mean, like I don't I don't know if there is a more nineteen eighties cop movie than fucking Cobra. Um, I, I there just isn't. I don't I can't think of any. If you guys can think of anyone, any and cop movie, not a buddy cop film, because We know which buddy cop film that is. I mean, come on, let's be honest. It's Tango and Cash. Uh, Though 48 Hours is a completely different kind of buddy cop film. It's like, you know, we we won't get into that discussion right now. What we're talking about is this book. And, um, you know, it's probably like I've read, like I've done a certain amount of reading during COVID. um, And to be perfectly honest, like I think I've read about, I've read... I've read 7 books during COVID. I'm I'm not a I'm not a voracious reader, but I definitely have made time to read a lot more because there's a lot more fucking time out there, right? Um but this book has been like over the last month has been like this 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 life raft, this like savior for me. Like where at night after all the bullshit that's happening out there in the world, I can just kind of I I opened it up and would read a chapter and before I knew it, I was smiling or I was chuckling about something, uh, that, uh, writes about. And before I knew it, before I went to bed, um, you know, I was in a better mood because of this book, because it's just, it, it doesn't take the piss, but it also doesn't, it knows exactly who its audience is what these movies are and just has a lot of affection and love for uh the canon films i mean you know there are there are the duds i mean you know like there the Like there's a whole entire like like the one of the more fascinating chapters is um, there's two of them, actually uh, Sahara, uh, the Brooke Shields movie, which is a fucking terrible movie. It is a shitty, shitty movie. But what I love what uh, Trinic does here is that he gives like a bunch of context about Sahara, Brooke Shields, why she was cast. Um, and some behind the scenes shenanigans that went on. And it it makes it doesn't make the movie better, but it makes it more fascinating and, and kind of gives you some context um about the film, which I had no idea. Like, and I knew like, you know, I mean, like any kid that grew up uh in the 80s, I mean, I knew who Brooke Shields was. I mean, she, fucking Blue Lagoon. Who didn't know that? But the way that Trinic puts the context and gives you a, a higher, like a a higher picture, like a higher level picture of the Brooke Shields phenomenon is kind of great. And the same thing for the other kind of softcore um, uh, epic that they produced, uh, Bolero, uh, which, I mean... Any kid that grew up with Cinemax or Showtime, it it, it flip flopped between those two. Um, you know they had a late night viewing of Bolero. I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, it it but it's a, I mean, again, it's a terrible fucking movie. But the fascinating thing about um about the the chapter is is that he recognizes that it's a shitty movie, but instead of just reviewing it, like he gives us context. Uh, you know, he goes into uh, the life of John Derrick and Bo Derrick uh, and uh, gives us this fascinating portrait, like, you know, through the 20 pages I think that he writes about it, uh, gives us this fascinating portrait that could be a movie in and it of itself. The John Derrick story, even though, like, you know, today this motherfucker be canceled quicker than, a, than, than anything, but it's not to say that, like, you know, the story and who he was isn't a fascinating like a fascinating read which you know like i said like i i had more like i i got more out of of his chapter of bolero than ever watching bolero and that that should say something to you about about this about this book um you know uh there were some films that I had no idea that they produced. Like, I just didn't real. I just it didn't dawn on me. I mean, I've seen New Year's Evil like six or seven times um, that fucking crazy ass movie. And it should have made sense that it was a canon movie. But I just I guess I never put two and two together. And I mean, you know, of course, he talks about it, um, you know, because it's it's one of the early canon films. You know, it's, it's a really, um, it's an interesting, it's definitely an interesting read. Um, it kind of gives you some, uh, it gives you a lot of context for things because he definitely doesn't just review the film, like, especially in like, like, so like in the case of the Ninja movies, like enter the Ninja, uh, revenge of the Ninja and then Ninja three, the domination, um, what he does is that he gives us not just the movie and describe like, and talking about the movie and how, how lunatic crazy each of these movies are like crescendoing in Ninja three, the domination, which I did not like oddly enough. I know this is going to sound weird guys, but I didn't actually own. I own the first two. I don't own the third one, which you guys know me. You guys should like, you know, that seems like a really weird, like, big missing, like, you know, a big missing piece of my, uh, like, you know, physical media library, but there it is there. I mean, I don't have it, but, um, luckily enough, uh, you know, scream, uh, scream factory had this like going out of, you know, going out of print sale on some of their, uh, blu-rays and all of their Canon ones were going out of print. Uh, I think it's because, um, I think Kino Lorber is actually getting uh, are actually getting the rights for these uh, for the canon films, uh, or, or a lot of the ones that are going out of print from um, uh, from um, from Shout Factory. And but what that did was it created like this nice little vacuum where, like you know, it just kind of perfect timing where I bought that and a couple of other ones um, before they before they sold out and. Uh, I, I forgot how lunatic, like even hit, even, even his writing wasn't as like, could not live up to how fucking insane Ninja three, the domination is. Um, we're not going to, I'm not going to talk about those three movies because me and scott actually have something really special planned for an upcoming series um that uh, you guys can kind of guess what it might be but needless to say um my rewatch of it like uh, my my rewatch of everything that he talked about here was kind of fantastic i i did a I did an early, early morning, like like you know, um uh, like a, like a six AM morning, like a rewatch of all of those Death Wish movies and man fucking those movies. Like he like the one thing that I will definitely say is that like, you know, uh he does take Winner to task like everybody fucking does and everybody fucking should because Winner was a fucking like that guy was a misogynistic fucker. Um I forgot how fucking terrible and and rape-infused the Death Wish series are, um, it just malicious, just a, a mean streak a mile wide. Like Death Wish Two, fuck, like I completely forgot about that. And like his, like his review of it, it like you know every, you know he like there is like every cause to be outraged about it and he is and like you know like rewatching it you just go fucking hell like this is the shit that people watched in the like this is the, like this is the kind of stuff like when i rewatched all three of these these death wish movies i go i went these are the fucking movies that fucking people watched in the 80s like that like death wish was death wish two three and four were a fucking thing and then i think about 2020 and i go Absolutely, this is the fucking shitty shit stuff that people watched. That we're here now. Like, I mean, you know, come on. Let's be honest here. But uh, not to bring it all political or anything like that. Uh, but it, it definitely is shocking when you watch these movies. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, really, seriously, Michael Winner, what the fuck are you on? Um, and you know, like I said, like, like it was, it was kind of great to see that. He, like, you know, uh, Trinic didn't shy away from that kind of stuff. Like, he really kind of, like, delved into that stuff with the Death Wish, uh, with, with the Death Wish chapter. Um, an, another, another one. And, uh, like, you know, it's, it's actually one of my favorite canon films, which is 10 to Midnight. Um, he covers that, uh, pretty, uh, Pretty thoroughly, and he has a he has an interview in there that I won't ruin who the interview is with, but you'll definitely if you love that film, um, you'll want to actually read that chapter and read the uh, read the interview that he has with the specific person from the film. Uh, it's quite quite entertaining. I mean, and that's that's the whole thing is that this book is it, it, it's for for a, a B movie fan. This is gold. This is solid, solid gold. Um, I linked uh, the I linked uh, the Amazon link to the uh, to the book. You can buy a um, soft cover edition, like the paperback edition, or you can go ahead and do what I did, which is splurge on the hardcover. The hardcover is literally it's. It like it's beautiful. It, it's it's super but like you know it, it's it's made like a VHS cover, like a worn down VHS cover, but it's got a heft to it. Like you hear that? Like that's fucking solid. And the thing that I loved most about it was that it has really thick gauged paper um it it's it's super nice it's got a lot of great photos and uh, great cover art if you are a fan of cover art you're gonna love this book because uh the book like for every film there's at least one vhs cover and a couple of foreign uh posters for each of each of them Including behind the scenes photos. He does not skimp. Like this, this book, yes, it is a pretty, it is, it is a little expensive. It's $45, but I'm happy with this purchase. Like I, I will gladly pay another, I would gladly have paid $90 for this book because it's that. Uh, it was that entertaining. It's that well-made. I mean, just a shout-out to uh, the uh, the publisher um, for making something so beautiful and, uh, you know, taking the time and care to give this uh, book the kind of release it needed. Um, it's Bear Manor Media that, that's releasing, uh, that released the book. So, please, I cannot recommend this enough. Um, and, uh, you know... It's it's just really good stuff. I really hope you guys uh, spend the money and actually support the work that he's doing because I really do want the next two volumes. And after you read this, you'll want them because he hasn't even gotten to Jean-Claude Van Damme yet. Like, that's the thing is that he hasn't talked about the, the Van Damme movies yet. And you... Like, he hasn't even got to Delta Force. Delta Force hasn't even happened yet in this in this book. But it's still, even without those things, he, it is still a super fucking entertaining and an insightful book. Um, and I cannot recommend it enough, guys. Uh, so please go ahead and click on the link and, and purchase it. Um, I, it comes with my highest possible recommendation. I know Scott bought a copy. I don't know if he's actually read it yet um but i think after this volume like you know hear him hearing uh this podcast he'll probably definitely start reading it uh, because it's super fucking fun and it's a super great book and a good read Um, but with that guys we will be back next week hopefully uh scott will be able to come back but if not we'll have a one-shot volume three where we'll talk about something completely different um i've got some stuff that i've been watching that definitely bears um bear some discussion. Um you can reach out to us on the podcast of about the podcast on the Twitter and Instagram. The handle is the same on both Twitter and Instagram. It's uh B the letter B, the word movie, the word pod, altogether no lines, no dashes, no bullshit. Um the movie aisle, uh our website, uh the the website that I own, I run, um, I write for, I pour my blood into, and my heart and my soul. Um you can you can go ahead and reach out to us on social media there. uh, The Twitter and Instagram handles are the movie aisle. It's just all together. No lines, no dashes, no bullshit on that one either. The movie aisle, uh, those, the Twitters are more for landing pages. They're more about like, you know, when things post, um, but, uh, the Instagram pages are a little bit more interactive. We post things that Uh, We're doing, we're seeing, uh, we like uh, appreciations of images and, you know, everything that you'd want from an Instagram page. So follow us there if you want to interact with us a little bit more. but if I uh, and with that, guys, thank you so much for listening and indulging me uh, on this really quick, uh, short version of the B-movie podcast. And I cannot say it enough. Please, guys, go ahead and support this book, because it's definitely uh, it's definitely going to be your your kind of thing. I, I have a feeling I definitely do. And with that, guys, we will talk to you guys soon. We'll be right